Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on the 4th of December. It is the day after Celtic were victorious at McDermott Park. The Hoops won 3-1 in the end, but it was not all plain sailing. And manager Brendan Rodgers even described his half-time team talk as the angriest he's ever been in his managerial career. So the day we will discuss the game in general and look at why Brendan was so angry at halftime. I'm delighted to say the four of us are all here. It's myself, Darren, and I'm joined by Tony, Danny and Andy. So we'll get into it. Danny, I'll come to you. It was, uh, if you look at the result on paper, it does look quite straightforward, but I think it was anything but Celtic obviously went behind just before halftime to uh, another bit of a calamitous goal. I know there's, there was a couple of instances that might have been flagged for a foul but coming in obviously the second half changes were made and Celtic did eventually turn it around inspired by Cal McGregor getting a goal and then followed by beautiful Matt O'Reilly strike to put his ahead and then 20 seconds after nearly conceding an equaliser in the 93rd minute James Forrest wrapped it up so Daniel coming to you first what was your thoughts on it and can you understand why the manager was so angry at half time? Why oh, definitely I thought the, the first half was just bad you're always you're never going to win every game. You're you're not going to be leading at half time in every game. We are going to lose goals. We are going to go in behind. But yesterday was like I don't know. It just they started the first two or three minutes, and it's so stupid to say. But the first two or three minutes they cut through St Johnston a couple of times. For all they looked as if they're up for it today. And then like ten minutes later, you were like I've hardly been up the park since the opening minutes, and then. Score, but obviously Yang's well offside when he cuts it back. So you think, right? Look how easy it is if we just maybe take our time next time, get the ball out, out wide. Both players are on side, whatever. But to Johnston, just before Dane much seemed to move thirty yards up the park, and we just seemed to let them. And um, the boy up front caused Carter Vickers and Scales a bit of trouble. And I think he's a winger. So I don't you think he's a he's a proper striker? That yeah, I say. And then the goal was just a really poor goal. You can see that I've, I'd seen this morning that the boy honoured it in the build up, but in the kind of stramash, and it should have been you know VR still looked at it. Considering how thorough they were for Celtic's equaliser, checking four was offside. I'm surprised they they didn't look at it, but I've kind of get any complaints other than you know the rules up, but. The rules are if it's a horn and it leads to a goal, it should be disallowed. But it's such a bad goal for us to concede. I don't know why. Keepers do it a lot, but Hart seems to hide his cell behind Taylor. <laughs> and I think he tries to push Taylor onto the defender. And it never works. <laughs> he always ends up exposed. But O'Reilly should clear it. I cut, he's got a couple of chances to clear it. It's just a terrible goal. And then at half-time, I said, I can't see he's turning this around. Because they just looked flat. It, it looked this, It looked really, really flat. And... It was almost like, because I thought the first half against Motherwell, they played quite well, and then the second half they were really flat. And it was almost a continuation of that, and I thought, we'll be lucky to get a draw here. Second half was much, much better. 
McGregor seemed to be like a man possessed in the second half. He, he was running about aft. He won the ball really high up a few times. He was trying a couple of shots at goals. Great strike for equaliser. But he seemed to really carry the team in the second half. Always a big part of that as well. I thought he was brilliant when he came on. Just keeps a presence in the box. It's like teams watch, you know, Celtic watch other teams just throw the ball up to a big lump and it causes their defence trouble. But we've got better players that have got that physicality as well. So why do we not just use O? And I thought he was really good. He created a lot of space when he came on. Kyogo was a lot better when O was in the park. And then the second goal, Johnson. I know Mikey Johnson came on and Mikey Johnson seems to get a lot, a lot of applauds. And whilst I think he was bright and he had a lovely wee flick for the second goal, I still don't see it. Well, we've probably played his way into the starting lineup for Wednesday night, but we'll get to that later. But second top is much better. Three really good goals. Yeah, Riley's goal was an absolute screamer. It was a great move. And we never really looked in danger after that until, of course, the 93rd minute when St Johnston decided to attack again. And they've got two guys at the back post waiting for a tapping. And Hart redeemed himself with a, with a fantastic save. And he got an awful lot on the, the pan out as well to get it away from danger. And Forrest clears it. And ten seconds later, Forrest has made it free one. But... I was worried in the first half because they looked they look just devoid of any like urgency and you can accept that you know, you're not going to play your best every day and you're not going to win every game but the first half was just such a really poor showing and the second half was much, much better and the folk have said how we got out of jail and you know, people seem to focus on the, the first half I actually thought it was a really good response in the second half and it was clear that Rogers got a tune out of them in the second half and whatever he said at half time I know he's alluded to the fact that he was angry which is good and that's what you want to see for Rogers is you don't want him to be sugarcoating you and telling you it was all part of the plan you want to hear that you know, he wasn't happy but I thought the response in the second half was really good and they ran out deserved winners in the end but you, you do want to see it like an Aberdeen you want to see a complete performance again I'm struggling to count and many many like complete performances we had this year I mean Atletico at home maybe obviously Aberdeen but it's, I'd just love to see his click because look what happened yesterday they scored three great goals and you, you want to see them do that more often of course as you say it was in the first half, I thought it was really poor. I think you're quite right. I think the first 10 minutes, we started really well. I think Kyogo had a great chance about 30 seconds in that he should have done better with. And David Tumble as well had a great shot that was really well saved by the St. Johnston keeper. And the offside goal, as you alluded to, it's clearly offside. But we did just seem to, like from that bright start, just seem to invite St. Johnston into the game. And... I just thought it was really poor. You mentioned that time when scales got turned really easily by the St. Johnson striker and it, it really was piss poor and we had chances to go ahead in the first half. I know even, even Brendan Rodgers says that St. Johnson were probably fair to have their lead in the, at half time but the, the goal itself, like it, it seems to be that these things don't matter because it's Celtic. Like it feels like I don't think Sky mentioned it. I don't think Sports Scene mentioned it, and DR didn't even look at it. But if you look at the corner coming in, Matt Riley first he's getting his shot grabbed, which sort of puts him off balance, and he's the one that's going to clear the ball, and he obviously doesn't get it, and that's partly down to the St Johnson attacker like having a hold of his shot and putting him off balance, and then as you say, it comes off the boy's hand, and it should be like a clear foul, and I think everybody was sort of caught up in the, or oh, was Joe Hartfield? Joe Hart was in the field, and I think to claim that would be really poor. Like, as you say, I think it took, I watched it back that many times. I was trying to work out what the sort of rationale for him having Taylor there is. And I think you're right. I think he tries to use Taylor as the player that he throws into the attacker to try and give himself more space. But it's clearly not working. Like, you've seen it with. Lazio had corners during the week where they just put as many tackles as they could in the sort of six-yard box and tried to put balls on top of Joe Hart and teams are just going to keep doing it until we get better at defending it. Like, we obviously conceded that terrible equaliser to Motherwell last week. As I said, Lazio attacked it and yesterday we conceded a goal from it as well. So, it's something that urgently needs looked at and I know there was, I think I seen you talking about it on Twitter, Danny. It was... People are saying, oh, I'll get out of jail. I, I don't think that was the case. Like, the manager obviously made the change at half-time, brought Mikey Johnston on for Yang, who I thought was really poor. I'm not going to get on at him. I've seen some quite ridiculous stuff yesterday. And I, I, I know group chat probably says a few last things about myself. He's obviously a young boy who we're sort of relying on at the moment just because of a mix of poor recruitment and obviously injuries to guys like Maeda and Abada. But I think that's now three games in a row that Yang's been pretty poor and I'd be surprised if he holds on to that starting place going into 
midweek, but I thought Michael Johnson looked quite involved. I thought he, a lot of people wonder why he's still at the club, but you know what? He, he, he's, put, he's, he's put a bit of dig in this week. I thought he was decent enough when he came off the bench in Rome as well. And Winston Johnson are just sort of constantly sitting back. I think he sort of need that winger who's going to actually go at a man, and Johnson did it time and time again yesterday. And then he mentioned the great flick he had in that the setting goal. I, I just thought in general his play was pretty good and you know what fair play to him because he, he probably sees the stuff that it's, it's been says about him you know, the last few weeks and months when he's sort of made his return to Celtic after a year in Portugal but Cal McGregor delighted for him because I, th- I think he's another one who's coming in for a lot of unnecessary stick I think people seem to win the midfield no, no creating it and he seems to be the one that's oh McGregor's done he's playing side to side passes I think it's overly harsh I think McGregor's a fantastic football player and if anything, there's too much sort of responsibility on him in terms of people are expecting him to be the one protecting the defence, breaking up attacks and making making chances. But like he struck that ball beautifully yesterday and even before that he played a really fantastic pass that slipped Kyogo in early in the second half that again the St. Johnston keeper made a really good save from. So I'd like for McGregor and then Matt Riley, who I thought like like most of the team in the first half was pretty poor, but he supposed weak to it. Scores an, an absolutely fantastic second goal. And again, that sort of goes back to saying, I don't think we get out of jail because I think McGregor's goals are around the 67th minute and then Matt O'Reilly's was the 80th minute. So I don't think it was really. I know we had lots of Johnson obviously have that chance in injury time, but I, I thought we were very like, deserved of a lead at that time. And we had other chances that we could have easily extended it. Joe Hart, as much as I've had to go at him for the first goal. You're right, it's a, it's a good save. I think the defence is all the place for that goal as well. I think spoke out their game management last week against Motherwell. I thought it was just as poor yesterday. I thought Alistair Johnston was absolutely pitiful trying to stop the cross come in and then Scales and Taylor are sort of dragged away from the ball and at least two men free at the back post in the 93rd minute, which is just quite unbelievable. And fair play to us, we got up the other end of the park and three of the subs sort of combined to get us another goal. That's Iwata, Owen, James Forrest and day three along with Mikey Johnson I thought were really impressive off the bench in terms of the impact they had in the game. I know a lot of people just like to take screenshots of your bench and say oh look at the state of your bench and it should be better I don't dispute that but fair play to them they four I thought all really made a, a big impact yesterday especially oh at the setting goal as well if you watch his run He's not directly involved in the goal, but he sort of drags the centre-halves away from the likes of Mikey Johnson and Kyogo and creates that space that Matt O'Reilly puts the finish away. So i uh, delighted for Big O as well. And delighted for Rodgers because, again, on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, there's just there's clearly a section of your support that just have got absolutely next to no time for Brendan Rodgers. And the second end seems to go against us. They're pulling up tweets and... Facebook statuses from months ago saying, oh, I didn't want him back. And they're, they're putting themselves up to sort of try and look like I told you so. And look, people might say we tried to do that with Lennon. It wasn't the case. We, as much as we eventually were always calling for Lennon to go, we, we always wanted him a day. Well, I just, I feel there's some in the support that just are dead against Rodgers and almost wanting me fail, which is ridiculous. But delighted for the team to come back from that. And I, just my last point before I move on I just think I, I seen a lot yesterday but oh you wouldn't get this way in Ange team I think people forget that when we went to McDermott Park the first time last season it took uh, 97th minute or whatever it was George's Jack and Marcus winner to win 2-1 so I think again people are rewriting history about how how brilliantly Ange's team always played there was always times when you'd struggle as well and you'd read a lot of what forums and Twitter and whatever for the last three or four months the Andrews reign people are saying oh, I've not played well since whatever game like so I think people need to get off the manager's back slightly and just trust them because I think you've seen in that post-match interview how much passion he does have for the club and I think he's determined to get it right and I'm sure he will but Tony what's your thoughts on yesterday? I was just I was just reading Brendan's press conference for the day I don't know if anybody's seen it I think it was here Celts were at it and he's basically said that Naroki and Lagerbielka need to show more in training and Tilly only get into the Motherwell squad because other players were injured. So I think the manager can only kind of piss with the cock he's got. What that tells me is we've signed a pile of shite 
that's the only way. That that's a nice way of saying these players are fucking rubbish. Because if you look who's getting ahead of them, really, I mean, we've spent mega money for us on Naroki and Lagabielka, and he's basically said they're not training well enough. They're not good enough. So that's a massive concern for me. The fact that somebody that we packed out loan to Aberdeen is now seen as being better than the two centre-half signings. Tilio says as if, again, another kind of waste of money. He can, he's probably going to join Quan in that kind of list I've never seen again. I thought the first half was pitiful, to be honest. It was so slow. I was glad he came out and says he was raging. If he came out and says anything different, I'd have been concerned. I think I think Brendan's teams usually do play a good style of football. I think he'd done it when he was at Swansea, when he was at Liverpool, when he was at Wales the first time. I'm glad that he went half he seeded the players. They deserved it. I don't think Callum McGregor's been very good for quite a long period of time. But again, you move him forward a bit. He, he's got goals in him. There's no two ways about it. He's got a great left foot. So I was happy for him. Matt Riley's probably been a player of the season. But a bit of distance, he comes up with another fantastic goal. Awata does brilliant for the the final goal. And, and Joe Hart kind of saves us. But even that chance that we gave up to them in the last minute for Joe Hart to have to pull off that save, it's, it's really bad. It's bad for Scales, it's bad for Taylor. It's bad for Johnson to let the cross in. We need to be better, we need to be stronger. I mean, you think they would have learned for... The last game against Motherwell, being strong and resolute, getting into the last couple of minutes to see who they win, they won me, which is, which is disappointing. But I'm glad we didn't get punished for it and, and we got the win. And that was a dread, dreadful first half, but second half really was much better. I think I think Mikey Johnson did do well when he came on, but it's just for me, it's just a sad indictment of the summer signings at Tilio and Yang. Are behind them. Yang had a dreadful performance, really, really bad. I think he was caught offside maybe four or five times. That's just one of the games you want to just tick off and get out of there with, with three points, and we managed to do that. But performances need to improve, they need to improve quickly because we've got, I think we've got four home games and two away games in the league. So it's a massive opportunity this month to try and put even more distance between us and them. It is doable, but we, we need players back. We need a badder back. We need made a back. We need Hattati back as soon as. Oh, definitely. And as you say, that press conference is just taking place and it does sort of draw what sort of question marks to the recruitment as well. Although I do see that he has says that Maeda and Abada are back on the training pitch, so that's obviously good news. But like you say, it says a lot about Narotsky, Lagerbielka and Tilio and the recruitment in general. But Andy, what was your thoughts on yesterday and just your thoughts in general? Uh, yeah, I was obviously way up at the game and I think he's a pretty bang on like the first half. Obviously, looking back at it now, you're seeing their goal and there appears to be a horn bond stuff, but it's sim- symptomatic of a lot of goals that we seem to concede in a, an area that we're quite vulnerable. Balls into the box, and uh, to be honest, I think it's sort of comes for both ends. Like, and even when we're attacking corners or defending corners, or sort of high free kicks, even long throws to an extent, like, we're no very good in the air. I know you've got obviously Carter Vickers, who's fairly dominant in scales, who's been all right since he's came in, but I would say across the rest of the team, um, if all was new in the park, there's no really anybody that you would fancy <coughs> in these situations. Especially across the back line, in terms of the two full backs that are no, you wouldn't sort of regard them as great in the air. Um, I know teams target Greg Taylor quite often, which you see even for goal kicks and stuff like that, but I the goal's probably symptomatic of an area that, we, that we're vulnerable in and teams will target. But I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree as well that they were maybe deserving of that. We were ranked wrong in the first half. I just didn't think we played well whatsoever. He was just consistently breaking down. There was nothing in the final third at all, really. I don't think Hugo was in the game at all. Both the wide men were, were poor. I don't think even, oh, as I say, I know you mentioned it, you've seen some stuff levelled at Yang, but I thought Palmer was pretty pish as well in that first half. I, I don't think it was just... Uh, I think it'd be unfair for just to single out Yang. The one thing I would say about him is he does try and make stuff happen, which would have been much more alarming if he was just constantly taking the ball and passing it backwards, but... At least he's trying to obviously make something happen. But he's obviously, he's a young boy. and I would never level too much criticism at him because he's, it's probably a surprise to him that he's getting so much game time and getting so much pressure right now. 
just given the injuries that we've got and sort of the way the season's went so far. But second half, it was obviously the managers. You assume he's maybe been through a couple of players. He's obviously been out in the media and he's dug them up for attitudes and the way that people are performing, just sort of sauntering through games. And he's bang on, you can't he? sit and protect and just sit and let players get away with it. We've got a huge squad there, which we've spoken about multiple times. And there's there's going to have to be people moved on. And if players ultimately aren't willing to sort of play for a jersey and gear 100% every week, then they shouldn't be here. But I, the second half, we came out and I thought McGregor really did sort of lead by example. I, I would agree with what Danny was saying about him. I thought he was he was really, really good. He took his goal brilliant. And he was really a driving force to, to sort of take his going forward. And that's, people always sort of mention Scott Brown in that aspect that he used to sort of try and drag the team through games at moments. And I felt McGregor done that in the second half. He really took responsibility and obviously his ability, but he acted like a leader and took, he took on that role and showed why he is the captain. So just, I think the team just lifted it. Thought O was a massive influence. Again, he was another man. Like, if you go back a couple of weeks and people were fucking sharing videos of Jackie Marcus and all that shite about how O's know it and this and that. And you know, people are like, they just want to be right and have this validation on the internet. That's why you see so many stupid opinions about, I told you so and I'm right. And O was just happened a few weeks ago to be another victim of that. And he was the, he was the next target, which appears to be going to Yang next. But I think O was was really, really good when he came off the bench. As I say, he, he never got a goal, but it's not all about putting the ball in it. It's about what he contributed, and I thought he did a lot. He's worked great, it's always been phenomenal anyway, but even like you say, the runs he was making, dragging defenders away, and he's not really the selfish type player either. But he's willing to work, and he, he, he is a guy you can see puts 100% in every time, and I thought that was important. Mikey Johnston, another one. I, listen, I don't think there's a future long-term for Mikey Johnston to say, like, I don't think he's good enough, but Listen, he came on, he tried, he worked hard and he gave what he could to overturn overturn the, the result and get us the win. And that, that's that's important, that's good for him. I, I'm, I'm I'm happy for him, I'm, I'm glad for him because there was a lot of pressure he probably feels it himself. But at moments like that, there's no point in consistently criticising a lot of this sort of, no jeezing, but or this sighing every time certain players get on the ball. But we've seen it for long enough at Celtic, Celtic fans, so notoriously bad for it, especially at Park Kidora, circling through the teeth and all that. When certain players get the ball or try something and it doesn't come off, well, there's no point in that at this point because it's not going to help anybody. But I was happy for him. Like you say, he had a featured in one of the goals with his back heel. And I, I thought that was obviously, I'd, be, I'd love to have heard what was said at halftime and, and sort of what, what comments were made. But it obviously had an impact. And I think we are I'm happy with Rogers coming out and saying that I fully support it. I think the board have not backed them. I think there's some amount of shite in that squad. The squad's overinflated and there's just wages just getting wasted on players that really shouldn't be here at this point. And I think that probably shows. I know we've been unlucky with injuries and things this season, but their squad should be good enough to cope with that. We should be able to cope with Maida and Abada group. We should be able to cope with anything like that happening. And Although we get through the game, we've obviously dropped points previously this season, which will happen, but we don't look as prepared as we should be at times. And I think that's that, that's really what Rodgers is, is trying to highlight. And that coupled with any players that maybe they have the wrong attitude or maybe aren't willing to apply themselves 100% is only going to sort of exacerbate that issue. But I, I was I was just happy to go with it, go with the window. I mean, when at 2 1, you know, listen, even when you're playing well and it's 2 1, you think the game's done and all it takes is one opportunity, which you've seen in Joe Hart probably makes up for his error, his error for the first goal and sort of unwillingness to come out and use the fact that he's about six foot five. Makes a great save to stop the game for going two each and then we run up the park, Iwata, another one, brilliant, great running for him, got the park and score. And it really could have been so different at that point, but I it was... Uh, I think there's there's some positives to take, but I'm interested to actually see what happens next in terms of personnel. If, if he does maybe go and bring Johnston back in, and obviously Forrest get a goal, is he going to then come back in? Iwat has been somebody who's sort of been floating around for a while now, and you've got to imagine if if the manager's talking about squads and the manager's talking about, obviously, 
the comments that Tony mentioned about the centre half. Slater Watt is another one. He's been here for a while now. You've got to assume that if he's not going to start getting chances at starting games and, and playing in the midfield where he was signed to play, then he's maybe one of the players that's looked at to move on. So I'm interested to see what happens in the next couple of games before the transfer window. But aye, I thought it was really a game of two halves for us down. I thought we were right on in the first half and we really picked up second half. There was, I think, a lot of character was shown by certain players and as I say, the captain really led the example, which I was I was buzzing about. And again, good to see guys like all coming in and, and making an impact and sort of try to stake their claim as to why they should be in the team. Yep, definitely, Andy. As you say, I think most important thing was getting the win. That takes us to 39 points from the opening 15 games. Obviously dropped points to St. Johnson earlier in the season, to Motherwell last week, and to our next opponent, Hibs, who come to Celtic Park on Wednesday. Danny, I'll come to you. It's As I said, the last time we played Hibs, we dropped two points after a 0-0 draw at Easter Road. It wasn't that long ago. I think Hibs are unbeaten in the league. Since then, they did lose League Cup semi-final, but they're unbeaten in the league and have won the last three league games. What are you expecting from Wednesday? And is there any of the subs that we've mentioned that made an impact yesterday that you think might have played their way into the starting lineup? I know you mentioned Mikey Johnson earlier. Uh, Johnson will probably start on Wednesday, and I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm, I'm a Mikey Johnson fan. I always have been since he broke through, and I think it's nothing better than seeing Manny Arena out there that you've brought through in the team. And I was a huge fan of him the first time under Rodgers. I thought when Lennon came in, he was going to burst onto the scene again. He scored some big goals for us. Had that great pass for Edward to Ibrooks. And he was unlucky with injuries. And Lennon made my show him at St Johnston three years ago, which was poor as well. Play the glorious man manager that is Neil Lennon. But Johnston's going to start. <laughs> Fucking shite. So he will. He'll probably get hooked the first time. I like him. And I. Can he disagree? He was bright when he came on against Lazio. He was bright when he came on yesterday. But I still think he's overdoing it. I think he's trying too hard. There's a couple of times he was giving, like, before we equalised yesterday, he would buy a guy and then he went back to get by him again. And then he won a corner or he would want to throw in. And fucking give the body someday. But to be fair, somebody said, I've just seen a tweet, <laughs> just because he's better than Yang doesn't mean he's, he's any good. And I, I totally agree with that. But um, I'd love to see Johnson turn that around and be the kind of Cinderella story of the season. I just can't see it. I just think that the Mary's actually going to be featured in the team that, that will show up, that, he, that he's probably, for his sake, he's got to get a move away. We'll see how O should be at the team. At the minute, I think O should be in the team. I think it should be next to Kyogo. I think Roger's got to try something different. This, You know, the way that he plays, I mean, Palmer could easily play centrally. Behind strikers, Kyogo could play in behind O. He's got to try something different. I'd, I'd bring a Wata in and play a Wata in front of the back four. Let McGregor and O'Reilly get forward. And maybe with Palma and behind Kyogo and O. I, I don't know. But the last time he played Hibs was probably the most frustrating result of the season for me. Because if we'd have beat Hibs, we'd have it through one round of fixtures. We were at least, at least we'd have been seven clear. And I know we'd be on our two points clearing now, but just if we'd have got through the first round and all the away games and stuff and haven't have to go to Ibrooks and, and what have you and be seven clear, it would have been I just feel a lot better about things now. I mean I'm still supremely confident that we'll win the league. I know some some people that I follow on Twitter only, but I just I would have been me, I'd be even better confident if we'd got the three points against Tibbs and we'd again it was kinda of similar to the first off yesterday. We never really did much in that game, we were quite poor. Um, so it'd be good Hibs are you don't know what Hibs are going to get either. Seem when they play us, they seem to be tough to beat. And then you watch them against other teams and they shot really poor goals. So they'll no doubt they'll come and they'll try and hit us in the break. It's all about how we react. It's about how we play. If we can play at the right tempo, if we can carry on the second tough yesterday and start the game properly and get a few early goals like we did against Aberdeen and proper stamp your authority on the game, then we'll have a, then it'll be a great chance to, to get three points and stay, I think, what are we? Seven clear at the minute. Nine, are we? We're nine clear with a game. Eight, eight clear with a game in hand. Eight, with a game in hand. I mean, they're going to Tynecastle. Hearts have won four in a row, so their good run will probably come to an end on Wednesday. But you're looking at them going to Tynecastle, it's a chance that we could slip a few points clear of them again, further clear. So you're hoping that, you know, we do a bit. If we do a bit, we'll win the league. It's that simple. For here on out, if we do a bit, we'll win the league. But Tony was right, you know, the home games that we've got. We need to start making these points count. I mean, two of the three games that we've dropped points in are at home. We need to start making 
these home games count. We can't have teams thinking that if they come in and sit back, they'll either keep a clean sheet and get away with one on each, or they might sneak a corner up the other end and get a one each. We can't have that. We need to blow teams away at Celtic Park. And away from home, we need to expect a battle. And we need to get better. But Hibs, again, I don't know what team will, what team will turn up. If it's, if it's um, the team that I watched against... Celtic the last time they were hard to beat but then I watched them against Ross County a few days later they were 2 not up and they'd shipped two of the worst goals you'll see so I don't know uh, listen hopefully it's as dark and they come and ship 4 or 5 and we can move on to next weekend I think it'll be a tougher game but I just I kind of hope for another response on Wednesday night I'm, I'm I'm hoping that Rogers is getting another response with them and I want to see I, want to, I really want to see a continuation of yesterday because I, I agree with where what you've said that the first half was that bad it couldn't be much worse than the second half but there was a definite response there Rogers definitely got through to them at half time and I want to see that continuing I want to see that I don't want to see them start slow and laboured and think well because like, what they tend to do at Celtic Park this season is they'll start quickly and then you'll get maybe 10-15 minutes and if they don't break the deadlock we just seem to right we'll, we'll, we'll hit them late on or something I want to see them keep going at teams and break them down because they were St Johnston down yesterday and I know they were free screamers but the goals were coming like when they came they were coming and I want to see that again on Wednesday night I want to see us no kind of take stock and keep the ball for possession sake I want to see us go right at Hibs because you know these teams we all due respect they're no great teams and if you can keep 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 plugging away you'll get your rewards and, but it will be a tough game because they seem to I'm not going all them when it comes to Aberdeen but Hibs have seen it been a tough team for us in the last few years even. I mean, we're record at Easter Road if you take Andrew, it's appalling and uh, we're record at home against them. So I, I think we've probably beat them at home but they always seem to give us a tough game. I Definitely and I think yeah, just on what you're saying about Rogers there, I, I think what he says about needing more quality in the team and then yesterday about how angry he was and then even the day, as we've seen, he's speaking about, about new signings not being pretty much no doing enough in training to get near the starting lineup now, I think. I'd like to think that the players are hearing this as well and think that they're playing for their future. Like I they, they might just throw a huff and think, oh, he, he's gonna make new signings in January anyway, but surely there'll be some in there. The likes that oh like say a lot who say, you know what, I'm gonna be the one he can rely on and they two I mentioned, O and Tomoki Awata, I'd I'd very much like to see them in, I think. Again, I've said as many times on here, I'm not a massive fan of David Tumble. He had a great shot yesterday. It was greatly saved, but apart from striking a ball brilliantly, like I don't think he brings too much to the midfield apart from that. And I think Iwata might get a bit more balance and free up Callum McGregor a bit more. Like You've seen how important Callum McGregor was in that sort of attacking fudge yesterday. I think with somebody like Iwata and, eh, alongside him and O'Reilly, it would free Callum McGregor up to get a bit forward more. And eh, Mikey Johnson, I think, Probably will be the one that comes in, but then Forrest come on and scored as well, so he'll maybe be uh, fancying a start as well. And Rogers has went to him quite a few times this season, so who knows? It might be James Forrest, but a bit like you says, Manny, I'd love to see Kyo go and all in from the start and just maybe a slight change of shape just to accommodate that. Because I think when O's come on at the same time as Kyogo, Kyogo drops a bit deeper, but he's been a bit more involved and. I know some people are saying that Kyogo's sort of games affected since Rogers came in, but it was unlucky. You know, we got a few, like I say, should have done better with that one in the first minute yesterday, and then Keeper makes a great save after McGregor slipped him through, and then Keeper made a second great save from that one that Palmer slipped across to him. I know it was offside, but it was still a great save, so I think he can find himself sort of unfortunate not to be on the score sheet. But before this episode, I would have said that I would have liked to see one of the new centre halves that we spent the best part of £10 million on, but looks like from the press conference that that won't be the case and it will be pretty much the same defence. I know, Darren, I, sorry, sorry, but sorry, I, think, I, I, know, I know that you think we've a bit of a laugh in the group chat, right? But the Tilly one's quite damning. I'll agree with that when Roger says he was only in the squad because folk were injured, somehow he ended up in the park. But when the rocking lag up, surely Rogers is just challenging them to prove themselves. I mean, it's no great, but I don't think it's a crisis just yet. And the one thing, especially see with see with the, uh, the, the, the one thing that worried me about that is he was our, I think he was our biggest outlay this summer. He was our biggest aye, signing, and Rogers is basically, aye, he's basically aye, maybe it's just answering on behalf of both of them. But to be saying that they're pretty much not doing enough in training is worrying because I think 
if injuries hadn't happened, then like I said, it would have been most likely our know, first choice centre half would have been sent back on loan or permanently to Aberdeen. But that's who's it's the fans' fault for bigging scales up. These anyway, too weak. But I, I don't know. Like we tell you, I completely agree. I mean, it is. It's not great here, Roger. Say that. Of course, it's not. But obviously, it's positive for fewer point of view because we've been calling this out for for well since we came back on a couple of years ago. But I think with the two centre halves, he's just challenging them to be to start out with bang. He's done the same way Atati. He's done it with home, and I don't know uh, with that. I think he's just trying. I think Roger Rogers a better man manager I said it yesterday I think folk think Roger's a bit adafty I mean, he's clearly very intelligent I think he's just trying to bring them two on Pilio would agree with but I think with the other two he's just saying to them right you know buck up I don't it's not great but I don't think it's a crisis just yet I don't I wouldn't say it's it's the end for they two well here's hoping but who knows we will soon see him I'm sure Danny will be telling I think it's almost I think as well maybe Roger's it's a wee acknowledgement to the support because he's probably hearing what supporters are saying as well so him letting supporters know that he's not happy with the quality as well it sort of does he has that reassurance as you say but I think the game itself will be dangerous because Hibs have obviously got uh, some pacey tackles like say Yuan and Martin Boyle so I, I think their defence is very big at the now and we'll, we'll have to watch because I think I wouldn't be surprised if it was a high scoring game maybe sort of 3-1 or 3-2 because I think Hibs have I know it was a goal straw last time, but they obviously took four off us and after the league was won last year and they, they took the lead at Celtic Park last time they came as well. I know they did get that. I think Uran got sent off and then Hibs took the lead, but we came back to win 3-1 that day. So it, it will be interesting to see. Uh, as you say, I think we can just do our part and if, if results go our way and we're able to extend the lead, that'd be great. But as you mentioned, if, as long as we do our part, we'll, we'll win the league. That's, we've got that. We've worked for that lead, and all we have to do is keep winning, and maybe they'll be able to catch us. But Tony, what's your thoughts on Wednesday? I just did touch him with Danny. Says I don't think it's a crisis, but it's definitely a concern. That I mean, if you're not training well enough, that suggests a kind of an attitude problem. But I think it is a good thing. Rogers has basically come out. And He's basically had a go at the recruitment, I think. I think he, as, as Danny says, he's a very intelligent man. His reputation's at stake here. And he's been served up a really poor transfer window. This just shouldn't have happened, really shouldn't have happened. They should have got whatever players they wanted if we were bringing them back on a, a £3 million a year contract or, or whatever it is. So that is a bit of concern for me. It's not as if the two centre-halves have been... Absolutely brilliant. I mean, we're still conceding goals. I get that's not just their fault, but I would definitely like to have seen Naroki get a, a chad next to Scales. I Wednesday, I feel as though every game's kind of tricky to do. We're not in any kind of great form. So I feel as though the next drop points, feel as though it could happen at any time. We need to start the game fast. I don't think we score enough goals in the first half of games. We should be looking to go 2 or 3 nil up and kill the game stone dead. We're at home, home advantage. Obviously, the atmosphere will be shite again because Celtic just, you know, the board are too busy fighting with fans and occupying themselves with absolute nonsense opposed to trying to resolve issues. So, atmosphere will be poor. It'll probably be a reasonably poor attendance and it'll be freezing. So, I think the, uh, the players will need to get the fans up for it opposed to the other way about. I think Hibs won 2-0 yesterday, but going with what I've seen on social media, I think that was quite lucky and they probably deserve to lose. I would just need to start fast. I think the team will probably be similar. It was started against St. Johnson, but Mikey Johnson will probably come in for you. If you'd have told me when Big Ange lifted the Scottish Cup in May that uh, Mikey Johnson would be um, starting for us, I would probably have burst into laughter and then demanded you be hospitalised. So it's just a kind of sign of how far we've kind of dropped off, really. I think we'll win, but I think maybe 1-0, 2-1, I don't. I don't see anything spectacular coming. I think we need Maida, Abada, Hattati back, as I say, and then we need, need a new left-back, need a new goalkeeper, need a strong midfielder, and probably need another striker. But I take Andy's point, I, I really like O as well, I think. I think O done well when he came on, he's a physical presence. I wouldn't be against going for Kyo, going all up front, just going a kind of flat 4-4-2. But I, I guess there's not really much we can do in terms of transfers, I guess. Kind of just harp on every episode about the board being shite. I mean, I probably will do that, to be fair, because the kind of 
watched the, the, the transfer window kind of irritates me with every passing day and every comment that's made by the manager or every time we see one of the players we've signed. So hopefully we can get to January with a healthy lead intact. And then if there's any anything that comes out for the club to say is, oh, it's notoriously difficult, we should just totally just not put up for that. It's, it's just not, not a good enough excuse. Every transfer window is difficult because we make it difficult and because our recruitment team are inept. I don't think we should be putting up there. We've signed massive quality in January over the years. Hitati came in in January, Maida, even if you go back, Bobby Keane, Craig Bellamy, etc. So the idea we can't sign quality um, is nonsense. So it's up to the board to, to demand, or it's up to Rogers to demand the board bring that quality in January because we need it or the, the title could be at risk. There's no two ways about it. I definitely, I know we we do see me harp on about transfers, and as the last week saying we should sign the A League Player of the Year, I was laughing this morning when I seen that Yusuke Adaguchi's nominated for it, so we may well get the J League Player of the Year back in. But Andy, I'll come to you. What's your thoughts on the Hibs game and expecting many changes from yesterday? I would expect. I think just given his comments for the start, and and you maybe see one or two changes. I mean, just on the point about. Obviously, the, the squad and I know what the manager said about the two centre-halves that we signed in Naroki and Lagabelka. I, I, I actually probably agree with Danny. I think, like, Scales has been all right, but no matter than that, I think on the ball and in possession, and people need to realise that we have 60-70% of the ball just about every game domestically, bar maybe when you play Rangers or maybe when you go to a quote-unquote tougher away ground like Tyne Castle or Petaudry or something, but I mean, even then, we're going to have the bulk of the ball. Scales isn't good enough on the ball, and he doesn't, he doesn't take it out and engage somebody quick enough. His passing is not good enough, and like, that's just the simple reality of where we're at. That they need to do that, and like our, our creation of chances doesn't just come from the midfield; it comes right for the back line, and that's not just the Dick Hammett specifically. I think Greg Taylor also needs to be improved on. Um, I'm just myself talking because we went out and spent a lot of money on centre halves. And even to an extent, Phillips has been sat in the benches. He's not going to be there. On the cheap, he'll be in a good wage at Liverpool. And we'll be paying a massive chunk of that. Look, I think we've got to sort of look look across there and and, and improve on that as well. Uh, it's, it's probably just one of the things that I've been. I think I think he's done better than most people expected, but uh, he, he's not going to be the answer going forward. To him. As I say, in terms of the window, I think we've got to be looking at a left back as well. I think Taylor's massively getting exposed, I think the Ange system benefited him a lot more, but I think that's just because he could come into the middle of the park and it wasn't really as emphasised on getting down in the wide areas and again, sort of 1v1 defending he had a bit more cover and things like that at times I just think he's getting exposed, I think a lot of teams they target him because he's obviously the height of him as well, I think really, you've got to be looking at a new left back and then again, if the new centre-halves really only going to be an improvement on skills, then something's got to be done um, in terms of recruitment because that's a fuck ton amount of money to be wasted. Again, it might just be an attitude thing or there's no one to be changed. I mean, Rodgers is right. Defence is probably the last area of the pitch barring a goalkeeper that you, you're sort of keen to rotate given that you want that sort of settled back line. But ultimately, we need to be looking to, to improve the team at any and every available opportunity. So that's got to be done. I think that's a view towards January's got to be done that as well. And I agree, it's, after that, it's probably wide areas we need to be looking at. But it's, we can't let the board away. We consistently just wheeling out these this nonsense that it's difficult windows because they say it every single year. They say it whether it's the summer window, whether it's the January window. It's the same sound bites that you get for them. There's recruitment teams in place. There's there's people in there who should be working all year round to ensure that, that we're ready, that we're replacing players. And I made the point, I think it was in the last part or the one before that, that it will ruin, and you can say you can sense it already. Like we should always be looking to improve on points of strength, but we'll come into the, the next window, and then you'll get to summer. Then we'll maybe lose Hitati, or you'll maybe lose Carter Vickers. Or you, you'll lose a big player, an important part of the team, and then we'll bring in somebody to, to not replace them, but we'll bring in another sort of decent player and a big name, or somebody who'll become a big name. In that point, it's you're never really improving on the actual squad itself because you've you've lost. Look, we never improved when we should have. Perfect point today was when we still had to ta- have Hitati, we still have Carter Vickers, and we have these guys, and we bring in players that are on their level that are that are the, the same as them. 
we, we replace Jota and then we sign another player of that calibre and we don't do it because we're just completely unwilling to progress. I don't get what our next goal is and I think the club need to either come out and just say that's never going to be it and stop basically pretending to people and selling people the dream. Look, what's the point of Rogers being there if that's not your next goal? That has to always be the end goal is the improvement, constant improvement, improvement in Europe. And you do that for, for signing players when you're in a position of strength. Like, there's no team in world football that can't be improved upon. And there's, there's times at Celtic where you just feel that that's never, never the goal. They feel that they're happy with their 11 and they're just going to sign projects and hope for the best. And that's how we end up in positions that we end up in right now where you're looking and you've got Mikey Johnston, James Forrest, Liam Scales, Greg Taylor, the guys who, if we're all open and honest enough, say they're not good enough to be selling starting 11 players, and they're there. And you're now getting into a game against Hibs, and all four of the players will probably start. And that's not just directed at four, there's, there's family players in the squad that are like that, but that's the position that we get left in because of the way we go about our business. I think hopefully the manager's coming out and, and making these points, and, and hopefully that translates to the window, but I'll I wait with bated breath because I just don't see it. And I, I think we're slowly getting towards a point where the manager's probably just going to say, what's the fucking point? Why have I came back here when nothing's really changed? A couple of faces might have changed, but it's the same fucking stupid attitude that they've got. And until the real people who are the problem, which is the boardroom, are removed and changed with people who have actually got a bit of ambition and who are able to look past the, at least or no Rangers, or at least or better than Rangers attitude, then things aren't going to change and we're going to continue rocking up to Europe and whether that be the fucking Champions League or even that we're at the point where it's the Europa League and all and we take some fucking stupid results just because of complete mismanagement for the very top and that's that's where we're going to remain until there's a change in attitude and that's only going to come with a change of board but as I said with the game midweek against Hibs I think I don't know I, I think there'll be one or two changes I think there's players who have probably their way out of the team as opposed to anybody playing themselves in I would agree Johnston's no being great I don't think he'll be the answer long term but I think Yang's again no done anything to say that he's already be able to stay in the team for a long period of time probably does need a, a game coming on for the bench and try to make an impact so you'll maybe see Forrester Johnston coming into that spot maybe you'll see O coming in for the start but I think he's obviously had a few goals recently as well Another one you would, I would like to see him get a start. I think he's probably deserving of it. So I think you maybe see one or two changes, but nothing, nothing drastic. And I agree with Tony. I think we need to go out and start well. We need to stop sort of having to not cling on to games, but play our way into games. And that I'd love to see is just give it out the traps firing early with that hunger that we showed in the second half and that desire. So sort of McGregor dragging us through and really making us step up again. I'd love to see that for the, for the kick off. And as I say, the, the atmosphere's going to be poor. The, the board are too, too busy fucking fanning about arguing with fans and fucking chucking podcasts at a, at a fucking press conferences. But I, it's only the players and the fa- players and the management that we need to hopefully come out and get a positive result here. And aye, that's it. I, 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 I think it's, it's, it's going to be, an, if I'm honest, Dan, I think it's going to be another, another bit of a slog. But I hope I'm proved wrong in that. What's your score prediction? I'll go for a 2 0 win. Accepted. Uh, just on what Lanny says earlier, I think it's ridiculous that this Green Brigade and Boys thing hasn't been sorted. I was just reading on the Huddleboard earlier from, I think, from somebody who's pretty on the money with these things that are not going to be sorted for Wednesday. And I think there's even talk that it won't be sorted for Feyenoord, which surprises me because I'm surprised they're going to have to refund that money to the supporters that must be killing them. But I I think the fact that that's not sorted yet is a bit ridiculous. Tony, what's your score prediction? 2-1 Celtic. Um, I'll go for I think we might get on to not get a goal. And I think the 70 million in the bank will get the second. Danny, what's your score prediction? Uh, Tony beat me there. I was going to predict Johnson would score. Um, I, think I think we'll run away 3-1 in the end, the same as yesterday. I do think we'll be a couple of goals up off time. I think Rogers might have got through to them yesterday. Hopefully it's a turning point. Um, and I'll go for or we'll start and we'll score twice and Kyogo go score a third. And then we'll give away any stupid goal which will placate the Rogers out brigade who 
dine on it until the weekend. Aye, and I, I don't know. I th- as I said earlier, I think it'll be goals. I think it'll be three to Celtic. You know what? We'll probably go behind just to add to the atmosphere on Wednesday. But I think we'll have enough. And Matt O'Reilly will get on the score sheet along with O. And I think Lewis Palmer will get the winner and keep a lead at the top of the table and hopefully see it extended if results go away. But we are closing in on an hour, so we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to everybody that's commented on the last few episodes. It is good to be back. We will be back after the Hibs game. We'll look at what happened there and we'll also preview the Commander game on Sunday. So make sure you're tuned in, subscribe wherever you get your podcast and let us know what you think the score will be in the Hibs game. Just go to your Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Just search for four times in a podcast and let us know what you think. And cheers for taking the time to listen. Hail, hail. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.